Welcome, friends and fellow horse fiends. You've landed on Come Ride With Me, a podcast dedicated to helping you find harmony, joy, and success in your riding. I'm your host, Anna Fox of Equus Enlightened. This pod isn't about training your horse, but about training you to be the best partner for your horse. Listen to find out how I use my intention to direct my ride. You'll hear how I decide what to focus on, what to say yes to, and when to redirect my horse. You'll see how not getting frustrated or overwhelmed is the easiest path to sanity and harmony. So what are you waiting for? Come ride with me. Hello, fellow horse fiends, and welcome to another bonus episode of Come Ride With Me. I can't believe this is the eighth episode of this podcast. I was only going to do them bi-weekly, twice a month, but getting feedback and hearing what you guys like about the episode and what you want to hear more about has propelled me into doing the spoken episode on the off weeks so that we can kind of all get on the same page. And I'm loving that. So thank you. Today's episode is going to be a follow-up to last week's riding episode of Creating the Freely Forward Horse. This is a struggle for a lot of people with horses that are known energy conservationists. And they struggle to just get them going or keep them going in a freely forward manner that the rider would like the horse to maintain. A lot of times I hear trainers telling people, and I've been taught the same thing, you know, more leg, more leg, keep your leg on, push, push, push. But what happens when we do that is we really just desensitize the horse to what we want. The horse is smart enough and he's capable enough to be given a direction and then to stick with it until we ask him to stop. So I always feel like my horses should have responsibilities. One of them is to maintain gait and direction, as I ask them to do, and also to be promptly responsive to my cues or my aids. And I always like to start with the aid of intention. Because if you don't know exactly what you want from your horse, it's very easy to get the horse confused and to get you confused. And I'll use just going forward as an example, because a lot of times people are doing a lot of things to get their horse to go forward and then to maintain that forward. It's pretty straightforward in most horses to increase their sensitivity to those cues and to get them going when you start thinking about going. But we might need to get a little bold in how we're asking, not by being mean or beating the horse up with a stick, but just really get bold with our intention and our purpose in asking that horse to go forward. And people get scared about that because they want the horse to go, but not too much. 
And they're afraid if they get bold and they ask the horse to go with that much boldness, they're going to get too much. And they're not going to be able to either control it, they're not going to be able to sit on it, they're going to lose their balance, etc., etc. And this is a completely normal condition. It's not just in people that have had falls or people that have had bad accidents. It happens in almost every adult that I work with. Children, maybe not so much because they have less fear in general, but for adults is a really common thing. This is why I love using the concept of the phases of the AIDS because people can get really clear on what their phases are and they can get really clear on what their horse's response to their phases are. You can start to pay attention to exactly what your horse offers you as you move through those phases. So typically in the video, I have four phases plus I count my intention as like the phase point five and that is actually where I want the horse to kind of go something's going to happen at least I want them to start thinking I want to feel their body start to do something I want to feel their brain come back to me you know the ear flick back or whatever I want to have a response at least at that stage phase one is generally inhaling, sitting up, and going, let's go, right? Your body will automatically start to do the things that you've learned to do to make your horse go forward, right? And even if you haven't ridden before, like just that inhale, that's going to increase your heart rate, that sort of is going to push the energy forward. Horses can sense that. Okay. So that's your first thing. My second phase is usually kind of closing my lower leg, like wrapping the leg around what you might want to call a squeeze. If I don't get a response there though, phase three is my lower leg and my feet kicking, but in a rhythmic fashion and in a loose fashion. Because anytime we squeeze too much or we kick too hard, it's like that being poked in the ribs. And it's just going to make your horse go eek and clam up and not want to go forward. And that's the opposite of what you're trying to create. So being able to keep your legs relaxed and long and think about rhythm, right? Now the horse is not creating any rhythm by going forward. So that's what you want to do. So you're going to think kind of bump, 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 bump with your leg. Then if you don't get anything, you can go on to your phase four, which typically I use some sort of stick uh, for horses that are a little dull. I like a longer but stiff stick so I can use it on the shoulder and I can create some rhythm with that 
That's just kind of like, I need you to go right now. I need you to go right now. Bump, 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 bump until they start to move. And it may take a minute, depending on how desensitized a horse is to the process of going forward, how backward thinking they are, it may take a little time. But then we can talk about ways how we sharpen these phases up and we get a quicker response. In this phase four is typically when people are going to start to feel uncomfortable about how much they want to ask. And that leads to maybe not very assertive usage of their tool. Because I use a stick does not mean that that's what you have to use. Um, You could use a spur. You could use a rope. You could use a different type of stick. You could use a tree branch. You could use whatever you wanted to use. It just needs to be consistent. Like you need to have these phases mapped out in your head. You need to know what your body's going to do when you go through those phases and you need to be consistent with doing them with your horse. And in the beginning, you're going to take a little time in each phase because that's how the horse is going to learn what each phase means. So the tools are not necessarily that important. Neither are the actual aids that you use in the phases. What's important is that you pick four things that work for you and are comfortable for you and you stick with them and you use them all the time. You don't muddle them up. You don't try to incorporate them with something else. Stick with one thing at a time. Remember, we're keeping this really simple until we have the simple things nailed down And then we're going to add some things together. And that's where you start really seeing success. I want you to really think about before you even get on your horse. And while you're just walking your horse around in the beginning, I want you to think about your four phases. So it may be sit up, inhale, smile, Go forward, and if nothing happens, you're wrapping your leg around with a little squeeze, nothing happens, we're going to go a little kick, 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 kick with our legs, and if nothing happens, you're going to go tap, 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 tap with that stick until the horse goes, and then once you've get those phases mapped out and you get them consistent. Now you've taught your horse what they're going to be. You've given him a little bit of time in each phase. You probably have an idea of, oh, I have to get to phase three before he'll go anywhere. Right? That's really common. Got to get to phase three before he'll go anywhere. So a lot of times you may not even be using your phase four. Now you're just using phases one, two, three. But we want to get our horse moving off of our intention. We want to get them moving off when we think we want to go. So now the idea is to start 
moving through the phases faster and or eliminating phases. So for instance, if you've been giving your horse, let's say 10 seconds, five seconds, you're counting one, two, three, four, five in each phase that you're in and you get to phase three and he's like, oh, I can go now. Okay, that's great. You can go now, but I'd really like you to go on phase one. I mean, I'd really like you to start thinking about going at my intention, but I'd really like you to start going on phase one. So one of the things that you can try is go move through your phases. Like, you know that he's going to get to phase three. So do your phase one, two fairly quickly, three, and then phase four. Boom, boom, boom. Because you're kind of, I'm giving you one, two, but if you're not moving by the time I get to three, I'm going to go to phase four. And this, again, gets tricky for people because a lot of people start to leave out the phases one and two, and they just start going to phase three. And then the horse doesn't even remember what phase one and two were because they're dulled out to the phase three. And then you go phase four and they're like, oh my God, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going. So really be diligent about keeping the lighter phases in there. If you want your horse to go off of a light aid, you have got to use light aids. You can't use heavy aids and then expect your horse to know what the light aid means. You have to use the light aid and you have to teach your horse what that light aid is and then how much responsiveness you want off of that light aid. So we've gone quickly through one, two, three, four, 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 right? Stick, stick, stick or whatever. Forward, forward. I like to do things as said in the riding video like three times just to see if it's working, see if I get a better response, see if something changes, whatever. So I might try that three times, see if I feel like, okay, we got a better response. Now I can kind of feel him moving as I, you know, move into my phase two. Okay, great. Go play with something else. Go do something else for a little bit. Then... Come back to this exercise and see where you are. See if you still have to go to phase three or if now maybe it's a phase two. If it's a phase two, perfect, but we still want it to be better. We still want it to be phase one. So now what I need to do is maybe I'm going to leave out some phases if you are not comfortable going straight from phase one to phase four, go from phase one to phase three to phase four, right? So you would go one and then that's your sit up, inhale, let's go, buddy. And if he's not moving, kick, kick, kick. And then stick, stick, stick if you need it, right? So you left out your initial squeeze there.
if you feel like your horse is still just kind of dull and they're not getting that, try going from phase one, maybe a little phase two, and then phase four. Boom, boom, boom. Come on, let's go. Now, when you're doing this, you're only asking the horse to move off a couple of steps. From whatever gate you're in, you can do this from every gate, every transition, whatever. But you're only doing it for a couple steps. We're going to we can get into maintaining the gate and the tempo after we get them charged up to our aids. Okay. So this is more about a rider way of thinking than the horse's way of thinking. You know, everybody will say, oh, but the horse is lazy and da da da. Well, horses are energy conservationists by nature. We talked about that in the last episode. So that is normal for them. It's our job to think differently. It's our job to go, oh, but I need you to go when, when I say, you know, like I am the person in the herd who says we need to go now because there's something chasing us, right? That's the feeling that you want to have. Oh, we got to go now, or we got to go now because something exciting is going to happen. Don't fall into the trap of, oh, this horse is just lazy. I'm going to have to continue to use my leg or my stick, my spur, whatever, all the time. I also mentioned in the riding video of using what your horse offers. So let's say you have a horse that can be a bit dull to the aids, but you've body clipped them. It's a brisk fall day, maybe a little windy, and you know that today they might be a little bit on their toes. Perfect day to work on getting this better responsiveness. Don't wait until it's a hot day and everybody's kind of blah. Use what, use your environment, use what your horse is going to offer you. Again, this is about rider thinking, rider mentality, making the best of your situation, being present and knowing when is the best opportunity to work on certain things. If you have a horse that's maybe very reactive to things like weather and wind and all of that or a different environment, and you want to sharpen that horse up to the aids, a, a cool windy fall day is probably not the day to do that, right? So for that horse, you might choose a calmer day because they're already a little charged up. You just want them to be more charged up to you. A lot of times horses that are higher energy or nervous, whatever you want to call them, there's just a lack of direction. So they don't know exactly what you want. And they're, that gets their nervous system worked up because they're not exactly sure what's happening. So when you can teach them these cues and you can be really, you know, consistent about it, they will, they appreciate that. And they're like, oh, yes, I can go. Like, I'm the horse that, boom, I'm on it. 
But don't put yourself in a position where you might get too much on a day when the weather's not cooperating with you, right? So use what your horse offers you. Use what the environment offers you. Don't make your job harder. This isn't supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be fun, right? And also using your body, being conscious about your body and how when you sit up and you want to go forward, like put a smile on your face. It may seem dumb. Believe me, I was not a smiley rider. I was one of those kids and my parents sat on the rail at horse shows when I was little and said, smile, smile, because I never did. But when I started to learn about body control and body language and learned how that helps me, how it transmits to my horse, because that is what they are skilled at. And I know you're sitting on top of the horse. The horse can't see you smiling, but the horse can feel you smiling. Okay. And when you make it a habit, you'll start doing it all the time. So you'll start doing it in the show ring around people you're riding with, and then everybody's smiling. And I have gotten comments at horse shows just about the fact that I was smiling. And I didn't even know I was doing it because it's not conscious because I tend to smile now when I'm going to go forward. If something bad happens, I smile, I laugh it off, right? If my horse trips, I laugh it off. I was in a business conference one time um, with... Karen Rolf and a friend of hers, and they were talking about how there is like a similar event and somebody had tripped going up on the stage and the person on stage or somebody said, oh my gosh, you're so sexy. And they laughed about that because, you know, normally we're like, oh crap, that person, they almost fell down or whatever. And we want to laugh about it, but not in a funny way. We're kind of being sarcastic with our laughter. So thinking when your horse trips and falls or you trip and fall or whatever, and you're thinking, oh, you're so sexy, buddy. (laughs) You laugh it off. It puts off a different vibe. I try to use that, you know, as an up energy. Smile, let's go. I up the energy in my body, my core I think really powerful. And then when I want to come down, I also think about the inhale. When you want to go up, inhale, right? Inhale increases your heart rate. It's like, we got to go. If somebody scares the crap out of you, what, you know, that you get that poke in the ribs, what happens? You go, (gasps) you sharp inhale. Got to go. Same thing with the horse. Doesn't have to be a sharp inhale, but like, (gasps) nice, smooth, Quickish inhale, let's go. And then when you want to settle back, use an exhale. So just a (sighs) open mouth is really great, at least to start with, because not only will your horses feel it, they will start to hear it. And we talked about upward transitions and using the phases of the aids. I do the same thing coming down and I use the breath. So, for instance, my phase one would be and starting my body into the downward transition. 
phase two would be wrapping the tops of my legs, kind of rotating them in, closing them off, blocking that door of energy coming through to the front end. Then, if I need to go to a little rain, if I need them to come up against my hands, I can. And then my phase four, depending on where I am, the horse is training or what's going on, may either be a stronger rain aid or may actually be like putting the stick out in front of their shoulder, you know, out in front of their chest and tap, tap, tap. I do that a lot of times for backups. We talked about that as well in the episode. So being mindful of your body and how that works for you, being consistent and diligent, teach these phases of the AIDS upwards, downwards, and then refine them. And there will be days that you're going to have to go back and almost like it's day one again. Your horse is going to be like, I don't feel like doing this today. And you might have to sharpen them up. That's fine. I bet it will happen faster than it happened the first time because your horse will understand the game. But if you fall into the trap of, oh, I'm just going to have to kick, kick, kick today, the next time you're going to have to kick, kick, kick too. So always have the expectation of your horse coming off the lighter aids and then you be light. If you get heavy, your horse is going to get heavy. And in all of this, don't push yourself past your comfort boundary, right? If your comfort level with your phase four, I want you to be a little assertive with it. I want you to say, come on horse, we need to go now, you know, get the rhythm in there. But if you don't feel like you can ask too big, if you don't feel like you can use your body too much without getting too much reactivity from your horse, don't do it. Work your way up to it. Feel your horse out. Be aware, well, how much, if I, if this is my phase four, this is what I thought might actually work as a phase four, and the horse is just standing there, well, that's not enough. Go for a little more. Make sure your intention, though, is that I want you to go. Not, I want you to go, but uh, not really, right? It's gotta be, I want you to go. Doesn't matter where, we're not gonna go for long. I just need you to go one, two, three steps. That's fine, that's all you have to do to teach the horse to be more responsive to your aids. With all that said, I wanna tell you a funny story about one of my clients after a lesson the other day and she says to me now I'm really frustrated because I am I know what I'm doing wrong and it's it irritates me and I'm like wow we need to celebrate that we need to celebrate your conscious incompetence and if you're familiar with the four stages of learning that is the second stage we have unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and unconscious competence. 
So the people that you probably admire their riding and are riding around looking like they're doing nothing, everything is easy, they get on your horse, miracles happen, those people are unconsciously competent at what they're doing. They don't even know sometimes what they're doing that makes it happen. But most of them went through all of the same phases that you did at at some point, right? And in my experience, the conscious competence is actually the toughest phase to come into. And now that I'm I'm recording this, I'm thinking, well, isn't that funny? Because we could think of this as the four phases, four phases of learning, not just the stages. And we're working on the four phases of the AIDS. Thank you, universe, for bringing together those two theories. So we have the four stages of learning, or the four phases of learning, and the four phases of the AIDS. And in my experience, in the phases of learning, the conscious competence is the hardest one to get to because people are so worried about everything else and they're not present enough with their horses and with their riding to really be conscious of what is creating the issues. And this particular person has done an amazing job of putting the horse first, being obsessive about this horse's happiness and how she can help this horse live his best life and has been conscious enough to change some of her habits to make him a happier, healthier horse and a more willing partner. Being conscious of what you're doing and how you're affecting your horse and how always using those phase three aids, how always being there with the leg and the mm, mm, that is just zoning your horse out. They're not getting anything out of that. They're not interacting with you. And that's what horses really want from humans and other animals. Like they are interactive. They're social animals. So they're social animals. They're intelligent. They have the ability to have responsibilities. They have the ability to know what you're wanting them to do off a very light aid. So nurture that. Don't dampen it down. Plus, there is another benefit to teaching your horse to go off a light aid and incorporate your breath into that. That bonus is remembering to breathe. A lot of people struggle with holding their breath while they're riding. But if you even just start to think about exhaling every time you want to make a downward transition, your body will automatically inhale again. Because when we're holding our breath, we're not doing it with empty lungs. We're holding the breath in. So once you exhale, you force your body to inhale again. But if you become conscious of inhaling and exhaling as a process of your transitions, your breathing will just become normal. Next week, I think I'm going to do just a video 
on the basic alignment exercise, talked about that last week's episode, and I got a few questions about it. So I think that we'll do just a video on it rather than talking about it here. Thank you so much for listening to this week's bonus episode. You guys have been amazing with this podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I would also love for you to go on whatever platform you listen and rate or review whatever they allow you to do. If you're on Spotify, there's actually some interactive questions that you can interact with, right? You can answer the questions. There's a poll. So I would love to hear back from you guys what you're thinking, what you like, what you don't like, and any suggestions for the future. You can always find me on the web at equusenlighten.net. And if you want to support the podcast, please come on over to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash equusenlightened. We would love to have you in that group. You can join for as little as $5 a month. That just supports the pod, keeps it going. Happy writing and have a great week.